Hey team, welcome back and welcome to episode of 23 of Transition Talk, where we talk about dental transitions and how to navigate the sometimes messy path to practice ownership. So we are going to talk about something that we rarely talk about because it rarely makes sense, but there are times when it does. And so today we're going to talk about when it makes sense to partner with a corporate practice or when to have a silent partner. Basically, when does it make sense to do all the work but not get all the money? Weird topic for us to support and talk about, but there are times when it makes sense. So we are going to dive into that topic today. But first, Charles, how are you? I am good. Good. I'm good. I'm excited about this. This is one of these airplane Charles rides where I just start typing away and I give you these podcast ideas and then you open it up and you're like, what are and you, then you trying say? to say? Not today, Charles. Not today. <laughs> this has been something you've wanted to talk about for a long time. And I have, I guess, you pushed me off. Pushed you pushed you me off. off. Yes. Um, but we're going to talk about this. But before we get going, do you have any fun I don't know, client stories, podcast stories. I don't really have anything today. Yeah, but. so you were gone, and we helped a guy in Florida. His name is Joel, become a business owner. And so Joel sat next to this young man at dental school. So their last names were, you know, alphabet. So they just sat next to all four years. Yeah. They were next to each other. And so Joel's the owner. He's happy. And then now he's visiting with his buddy. And so the buddy comes over, and he told his buddies, like, look, I can't believe I'm an owner now. I'm doing really, really well, and you need to be an owner. And so Joel tells this guy, hey, you've got to listen to this why speech. you got to know the five reasons you must own. Here's the YouTube video on Charles. And then I need you to listen to all these podcasts, and this is going to get you pumped up for ownership. And so I had my kind of welcome call with him this past Friday, and he was so engaged. He was so just excited and so we're looking at a practice already that just came on the market video oh, like, that makes me so happy yes yeah, you have a fan he, he is he's all about whatever christy tells me to do and charles <laughs> oh i love it well i think that's the best thing about all the feedback that we get about this podcast is just how i think it's kind of giving people just a little bit more confidence or kind of yes. uncovering that confidence that they had to sell or to buy i love it so yeah. Our team was asking me the other day, at what point are you going to finish like the podcast? I'm like, finish? It's like, well, it seems like you're going to run out of stuff to say. I was like, no, I have plenty of stuff to to say. I've already got ideas for like like next month. Clearly have never gotten a Charles Loretto airplane narrative (laughs) email. Uh. (laughs) But this topic today has come up several times. And I think there's a lot of people that just, they get these offers presented to them and they just maybe they just haven't really seen the other side. So yeah, so and on the surface, a lot of these, and that's what I think we'll focus on today. We're going to do two scenarios and clearly there's multiple iterations of both of these scenarios. And I think overall, if you are one of the ones who are presented with something like this, there's a surface level offer, right? Of you can pay X for X, but really understanding all the details that go behind it and what that person, whether it's a corporate entity or an individual, what their involvement's going to be, what your responsibilities are going to be, how you get out, how you buy later, all of those things are just as important in these types of structures as they are when we deal with kind of a one-on-one private sale. So first, I am going to have us dive in. I'm going to set you up, but I know this is your story and I want you to tell it because you do such a good job of that. So number one is corporate makes you a pitch, right? Whether you are already in that corporate setting, working for a corporate practice, or you presented this opportunity through a connection, come work for us 
We'll provide you the management, the marketing, the HR, the legal. We'll take away all the ownership responsibilities and you just do the work and do what you enjoy. Yeah. And that's the pitch on the whole thing is I had just become an associate these things. But they also pitch ownership. Yeah. And so their ownership is, hey, we'll come work for me and we'll do all this stuff and we'll allow you to be this 49% owner. And what's crazy is that I think a lot of times the public, in this case of dentistry, they just look at these major corporate offices and this particular brand has between, I don't know, seven, eight hundred, nine. This is a, a big, big brand. Brand. It's yeah. a big brand. And you think that these are all $2 million, $3 million practices and they really have really good overheads. I've seen a bunch that are horrible. They can still mess it up. Yes. I see a bunch that are horrible. And so this was one of them. This was a, a million two practice. It's been in the DFW market, one of the hottest growing markets in all of the United States for 10 years. And it was a million two collection practice, has $900,000 of debt. Mm-hmm. They asked this young person, hey, you can be an owner for only $300,000. Yeah. And just take over just this little amount of debt. Th- just take over that just little this, tiny just debt. This so, little amount of debt. So you do realize you're going to be $1.2 million. Your name is on the hook for $1.2 million, plus on the real estate as well. That was, I don't know, eight grand a month. So, I mean, you look at this, you're signing the dotted line to become a partner with this group where a practice has been in existence for 10 years, which they have not been able to fix, and revolving associates. And the fact you're going to be on the hook for a million two for essentially the loan and over a million dollars on the real estate. And then you start breaking it down on the math and let's see if this thing makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But the whole pitch of, hey, it's only $300,000. You get this good support. And the reason it wasn't successful is because, you know, these other associates, they just weren't really doing a good job, but we're really confident in you. It's just, it drove me crazy. And I think this was one of the ones where we kind of wanted this to work for this guy. Right. Like he had some personal situation where this was one of the only ways he was going to be able to get into ownership quickly. Right. And when you just looked at the surface numbers, you were like, okay, well, I guess, you you know, we could turn this around. But when we really dug into the documents and looked at like what this really meant for him and what he was signing, I think it was one of the few times that I've kind of walked into your office and said, like, I am not comfortable with any part of us. No. helping him do this at right. all. And, and not all deals are like that, but this one in particular, again, knowing the details, it was really hard for us to tell him, don't do this because it was such a, personally, it was going to be such a big thing for him. Yeah. So more to this story. So it was a, kind of a green card issue, really. You know, so he's here, it's been out for a couple of years and for him to get sponsorship, essentially, he would be able to kind of lock down and be here and have a greater probability of eventually getting that green card and married and kids. And so it was important. So I kind of took the money thing away from it and just said, hey, if this makes sense for you yeah. in your family, regardless, I mean, even if you got to be here for 10 years and you're telling me that is a safer route for you and your right. family to stay together, I get it. Yeah. Like, let's look at that. But he did say, you know, if this is really, really bad. I want you to tell me. Yeah, (laughs) and we did. Yeah. (laughs) And so by asking enough questions and interviewing corporate and just seeing how the money was split, 
I just couldn't get my head wrapped around yeah. it. I just, I just couldn't. And yeah, and I think one of the things you do a really good job at is to then flip it and say, here's what you could do if you found this other opportunity, right? So, right. like, does this make sense? No. Show me what does make sense. And I think in your example, you kind of have an example that you always give yeah. roughly the same big picture numbers. Yeah, we looked at this million two practice. He was doing about $80,000. A doctor had a small amount of hygiene. I think he was only doing around 200 in hygiene. But when you start breaking the math down, hey, you're going to go work for corporate and you might make $300,000, you know, as the owner doing this $800,000 of doctor production, all of a sudden now, $80,000 of doctor production a month times 12 is 960. We add in our hygiene of another 300000 We're going to be at $1.2 plus million. And those $1.2 plus million practices should have overheads that are less than 60%. You should be somewhere, you know, netting 41, 42, 43 cents on the dollar when you're talking about collection numbers that are north of that $1.2 million. So then you started asking yourself, well, if I went to work for corporate, I shared the money with them, I have to pay this percent. Like these corporate offices take off the top from a collection standpoint, they're going to take five, six, seven, eight, nine percent of revenue for their marketing expense, for their HR, for their legal. So that's how they're going to get paid there. Plus they're going to get paid off of the profit. So let's, let's have you become the owner and all of a sudden run the $1.2 million just like you were working for them. Sure, you have to manage a few things here or there, but you're going to net now over $500,000. This is a no-brainer for me. Yeah, and I think this is what we run into this, and I think we said this on the last podcast too. Buyers don't have the confidence that they can do it, and they don't think they can. And so what I feel like happens is they get these opportunities, they take them, then five or six years in, they're like, what in the heck? I'm doing all the work. Like, mm-hmm. I can totally run this place by myself. But you're giving away, as you said, seven, eight, nine percent of your collections. You don't have as much control. And so I do think kind of being short-sighted about what your capabilities are as a professional and as an owner and as a clinician can sometimes kind of trap you into these deals that maybe long-term are not the best for you. Are you sure, Charles? I'm $500,000 in debt and I only have one year experience. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes. Yes. I am absolutely yeah. sure. And I think we both talk to every now and then we've talked to someone who just has no entrepreneurial spirit. They don't want to work hard for whatever reason. I mean, it could be legitimate reasons or they just don't ever want to be an owner. And maybe a deal like this might make sense for them rather than just be a long-term associate with some type of ownership ability. You know, I love how corporate, they prey on this audience and they're pitching, hey, I want you to talk to you know owner Johnny. And Johnny runs three offices and Johnny makes like six to seven. $700,000. So I want you to talk to him. And of course it's amazing for Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. But I'd also flip it and say, so I'm sorry. So he runs how many practices? He runs three practices, right? And what are the collections are those? Four million. Okay. So what if you were the owner of the $4 million practice? Let's run the math. Let's see what that's worth. Let's see how much you would make. Then what would you do with that? You know, there's lots of options. You know, you're going to have clearly much more from a wealth accumulation and just options and tax planning and pension planning, when to build, when not to build. You're so much more in charge. If you have that same entrepreneurial spirit as Johnny that worked for corporate, then just do that in the private setting as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there are certain costs that they're covering with that six, seven, eight, nine percent of collections that don't grow exactly with collections, right? So they're making their money too. And so you just kind of have to remember that. So you're saying on a $4 million practice when they're charging 10% 
that you shouldn't have four hundred thousand dollars of legal and HR costs. All I'm saying is I can go run some dental practice <laughs> for four hundred thousand. That's a great pitch, though. It's a great pitch. A great pitch. Great pitch. And you know, if you are that entrepreneurial spirit where you get that second and third office and you can be that guy or gal, I mean, that's awesome. And then there's lots of different things you can do with that. You can bring these people in associates and they can work for you and then maybe you could create a partnership with them or maybe they don't want to buy in you just want to keep the whole associate game working and you want to kind of be kind of the corporate and you want to run it up to three four million dollars guess what you can do you can turn around and sell it you can sell it to these associates or you can turn around and sell it even to to the corporate office that you first Mm -hmm. interviewed five years ago and now you want to flip it to them for x millions of dollars there's clearly such more opportunity here and clearly just make sure that you're asking all the right questions on these private equity or corporate offices that you're interviewing with yeah asking all the questions is key you know another situation that kind of the second example we wanted to talk about today is not as clear-cut that it's corporate right i mean it's not corporate it is a person but the structure itself can be very similar to whatever a corporate or DSO structure is. And this is the deal where you are an associate for a senior doctor, they are successful, maybe they have a few locations, they're wanting to open another location, and the pitch is, you can basically help me open this practice, I'm going to fund it, I'm going to finish it out, I'm going to build it, and then you can buy in and be 50% partner in this office, right? But you're the only one out there probably doing the production. When does this make sense? And give me kind of your take on that because we get these calls often. So let's set this up. I'm going to be the old guy, which I always am, and you're going to be the <laughs> the young student that's coming out. And so I've got my financial plan working, maybe a $2 million practice. I am, I'm killing it and I'm mm-hmm. really good at it. And let's say that I've got my investments with my retirement plan and everything's working great. And what mm-hmm. I figured out what I'm really, really, really good at is opening dental practices. I know how to do it. So why not invest, and I'm going to invest in you. And so what I'm going to do, Christy, is I'm going to build this practice, and it's going to be five miles down the road or something, and I'm going to put $500,000 in. I hope you be a part of it. You can help kind of design it. You're going to work with me as the associate. Then I'm going to allow you the opportunity to become a 50% owner in this practice. We're going to need to set some goals, and let's just grow this thing up to... 800 collections and once it's there to 800 collections then I'll let you be a partner we'll get it valued and so I'm allowed to be a partner in that practice okay Mm. and so what this is is it's another pitch Mm -hmm. of a private equity deal okay another pitch of working for corporate because somebody's going to be taking half your money yep okay that's going to be me I'm going to take half of your profit out of your business unless you're smart enough to ask all the right questions and to make sure that we have clear cut defined goals of when you can buy the other half of that practice out. and when it's valued the first time that's correct so this scenario which i've seen is where the practice is doing zero and then it grows to 800 it's going to take maybe three years yep. or so so we get it up to this 800 collection number we agree on a price at six hundred thousand dollars you're going to be the only person in this practice working. You're doing 600000 of doctor, about two hundred of hygiene. Remember, those numbers are typically 75% doctor, 25% hygiene. So you're doing 600 of doctor. I'm going to agree that I'm going to pay you up to 30% of your doctor production number. So I'll pay you 180 and then we're just going to split the rest, okay? Which sounds great. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden, 
you're going to become this partner and you're going to make you know about $240,000, but you still got to pay the debt. So you're down to about 200 mm-hmm. and that, that's pretty good for you. Yep. And I'm pulling out the money that I start to practice up for. I'm making around 60000 a profit every single year. So things are wonderful. When you fast forward these practices, you have to fast forward them. You have to know that this is not always going to be a $100,000 practice. This is going to grow. So now let's fast forward to a $1.2 million business. Now the $1.2 million business is going to net somewhere in the neighborhood of $550,000 with a really good overhead. So now the way the math works is, Christy, I will pay you the 30% on the 900 doctor that you're doing. Yep. You're still checking that $300,000 of hygiene. Yep. So you're running this million-dollar practice, million two. You've been there yep. six, seven years now. Long time. Yeah. Guess what involvement I have? Blood, sweat, and tears. None. Hey. Money. Yeah. Just send me my Get check, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm watching you. And so you get your little 270 for your doctor, and then we have a bunch of money of profit. It's mm-hmm. $280,000 of profit. So I'm going to give you another 140000 out of the profit, and you're going to make $410,000. That's amazing. Maybe that, that works good for you. That that's attractive for somebody who's I'm setting up this model for you, you know, as a 27-year-old dental student and I'm showing you how it's going to work out. You're going to make $400,000. I'll mentor you, I'll teach you, I'll do all these different things. Now, what's really cool is I'm only going to take $140,000 a year at this point at year 5, 6 or 7. For nothing. For nothing. Okay? And I'm going to take your 140. It's going to be to infinity. Yep. This is a great investment for me. Unless. Unless what? Unless we have put some clear parameters of when I, as a buyer, get to buy that last piece. That's where we come in. And that's where we come in. And I think that, you know, clearly this sounds like we're saying don't do this, but I think this could be a fantastic model for both a seller who's willing to invest. I mean, clearly they're investing risk and money to do this startup that could not work. But as a buyer, I think it's a great opportunity too. But at some point, just like we talked about earlier, you're going to gain your confidence that you can do it. You're going to be frustrated that you're paying seller over there to get the 140 for kind of just nothing at this point. I mean, you know, maybe right. their investment and their time was more in the beginning and now they're doing nothing. So I do think that we have to have those clear-cut parameters of what is happening after and when is it happening and talking about all of that stuff before any money is spent in the build-out of that new location. So what I love about this, these are great ideas. So if you are a established owner or want to be an established owner, this mm-hmm. is a way to pull more equity yep. out of businesses. So once your businesses are up and going, there's nothing that would prohibit you from doing this. Yep. So what I like is if I've got the, we're in Plano, Texas, so I'm in, call it Plano Dentistry, and then I'm investing in you, Christy, and you live in Allen, Texas, so I'll set the Allen Dentistry practice up, and then I've got a plan that we're going to have you buy in year five or whatever. I invested maybe only $400,000 in the practice. I've paid a significant amount of that money down with your work. Thank you. You're very welcome. And then I charged a higher price, maybe at $600,000. So every about five years, I'm pulling the equity out. I sell it to you. I've made profit along the way. Yep. And I just get another check of $600,000, $700,000. Oh, here's, I'll start this one, do the same thing. And then it also is allowing people to have their own private practice offices. 
But a couple things can make this really messy, which we've seen, right? And this is when the plan is not laid out in the beginning. The plan is kind of determined along the way. But it has to have a different name, right? Plano Allen Dentistry, different name. We can't share patients because then it's messy about who's going to be where and are patients going to stay? Are they going to go to this other practice? And it has to be far enough away for like any kind of non-compete, right? Down the street practice that patients go back and forth. We have no understanding of what accounting's for which. Does not work. Same phone um, number, yeah, same website. Does not work. This is kind of set up to be different. And again, I think that if the deal is that I'm going to do this for two years or three years, then I get to buy in. And then in two or three more years, I get to buy out the rest at this price. And this is what we're doing. All of it will take care of itself. But that conversation has to happen on the front end. Awesome. Anything else on that? I just needed to get that off my chest. It's been out there. That was an airplane. I just needed to get these corporate deals, the guy that wants to typically just open these practices and take advantage of young people. I just needed to get it out there. Well, and I think it's because these types of structures often, the person who's super entrepreneurial and wants to go out and grow a big chain, like doesn't, these ideas don't look impressive to them. It's the person who doesn't have a lot of confidence and kind of feels like they need the support for short or long term and doesn't just feel like they can do it. And I think that by looking at the math and looking at the deal and showing like, here's an alternative and here's what this would mean, it can kind of change your perspective. And so I think that, again, educating yourself is is so important. We know there are all kinds of deals that make sense for all kinds of people, whether it's a corporate deal, it's no brainer, or it's this kind of one off with your senior doctor who has been guiding you and mentoring you. It's okay for an investor to make money on you Definitely. always, right? I mean, we know those make sense and it's okay for then you to say, I have done this and here is what the expectation is after I help you do this for this amount of time and give you this. Here's what I expect in the future. And I think when it comes to profit, it's just a reasonable profit. Yeah. You know, if I own a practice and I bring you in and you're a D4, I put all this marketing in and I'm training you. I need to make a profit off of you. Yeah. You know, it goes back to when I bring you in as an associate and I want to bring you in as a partner, the associate that's coming straight out of LSU or whatever, they want the business valued before. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to value it before. No. I'm going to value it after because I've invested in you. And if it doesn't grow, then you're a liability. So yeah. I need to get some type of return on my investment for this thing to grow in just a reasonable amount. Is it fair if 15 years from now you were in the same position, how would you feel doing this to a buyer and what would you find acceptable? Always a good perspective to take. So I actually liked talking about this. Thank you. Thank you you for inviting (laughs) me. Keep sending those ideas uh, via airplane. Yes, yes. Uh, Subscribe to Transition Talk on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And as always, like us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Have a great week. Till next time. Thank you. 